You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome to the Braves postcast. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you as part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Coming to you after a 6-3 Braves victory as they even things up in this series. Got a little exciting late, but the Braves offense had done more than enough on this day. And Spencer Strider was dialed in as he bested Aaron Nola and the Braves even up their series in Philadelphia. So obviously we got a lot more things to talk about here. A lot of more good things that we had to talk about a night ago. We're going to get to all of it and we'll get you set for game three of the series before we do. Let me remind you to subscribe here on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you enable alerts so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, I think that wins have been more of a subscription service for the Braves since June the 1st. You know, yesterday's game was the first time they'd lost back-to-back games since their 14-game win streak was snapped. I know some of those games can be frustrating, but Atlanta seems to find a way to bounce back more times than not. And they did it behind Spencer Strider on this night against a tough pitcher. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot this year and last year, too, is that this team, they'll take bad losses and they'll come back the next day and just brush it off and go back to work. And that's great to see. I mean, that's how they didn't fall out of things last year. And that's how even early this year when they weren't, uh, you know, going great still, they haven't lost three in a row and they just kind of hung in there. And like you said, since June 1st, they really haven't had to do much of that hanging in there because they just continue to win. Yeah, and sign of a good team to be resilient like that. And I think when you talk about the fabric and the makeup of this club, you have to look at the guy who has been piloting this ship since uh, 2016 when he took over, and that's Brian Snitker. And congratulations to him on his 500th career major league victory. Wanted to get that out of the way early and just kind of talk about the fact that, you know, this is, I think, where a lot of the team's personality comes from. And it's not because Brian Snitker has a personality that takes over a room when he walks in there, but he just seems to be a great manager of people. Yeah, you can quibble about strategy for every one of the major league managers, and that's perfectly within the purview of the job. But Brian Snitker has really brought a lot to this Braves club, and the fact that they've been winning with him under over the last four years and again here in 2022, I think just speaks to what he brings to the table. And uh, congratulations to him on what's a pretty cool milestone, Jake. Yeah, look, I'll be completely honest. When he took over the job, I thought he was going to be a transitionary type of manager to get through the rebuild. Um, but I mean, what he's done, clearly the players love playing for him. That's not just word speak there. They're 368 and 275 since the start of the 2018 season. Went, you know, really things started to turn around. Honestly, that was a year earlier than many even expected. So that's a 572 winning percentage since that time four division titles, a World Series championship. I mean, he has just done an incredible job there for the Atlanta Braves, becoming, you know, honestly, one of their best managers in, in franchise history. Yeah, he really has. I mean, how many of these guys dating back to the 151 years that this club has been in operation can say they've won a World Series? Well, in fact, there's only four, and it doesn't happen too terribly often, and Brian Snitker's one of them. And it didn't happen very long ago. But before we wax nostalgic and start doing a recap of 2021, let's do a recap of game number 99 for the Braves this season. They pick up the win over the Phillies in the middle contest of a three-game set. Braves now 59 and 40. Six runs, 10 hits, no errors, five men left aboard. Phillies 50 and 47. Three runs, five hits, one error, four men left. Spencer Strider picks up the win. Strong start for him. Good to see that after a couple in which I think the pitch count was getting away from him a little bit. And he got knocked around some by the Washington Nationals before the All-Star break. Spencer 5-3 and three now. Aaron Nola takes the loss 6-8 and eight on the season. 
Kenley Jansen called upon to restore order in the ninth inning. Things got a little bit wonky for Will Smith there. That's save number 23 for Kenley. Three hours and 10 minutes of time of game, 27,486 on hand to see it. Braves get a couple of home runs, Jake. That's always a recipe for success. We had Michael Harris's ninth at the 19th of the year from Matt Olson, and that typically is all in there when you talk about the winning formula for the Braves. If they hit a couple of home runs, they're usually in pretty good shape. Yeah, I really like what I saw from the offense in this game. I mean, obviously the home runs, but being able to score in different ways as well. I thought this was a pretty complete game by the offense. I thought it was a pretty complete game all around, pitching, offense, all of it, until that ninth inning where Will Smith kind of made things interesting. So I really loved what I saw from the Braves in this game. Like you said, bouncing back from a tough loss last night to play, again, what I thought a very great game against a very good pitcher in Aaron Nola. Yeah, and this is the fabric of this club. And you knew for Spencer Strider, I mean, he is a guy that I don't think the moment has been too big for him at any point in which he's gotten this opportunity to be in the Braves' starting rotation. And you have to imagine that a guy in his rookie season looking across and realizing, hey, I'm matching up with one of the better strikeout pitchers in the National League and one of the aces on the other staff. You know, am I going to concentrate on that too much and get out of sync and try to pitch bigger than I am? No, not really. And when you got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, maybe you never have to think that. But either way, Six innings of one-run ball. He did allow a home run to Kyle Schwarber, but otherwise a walk, just three hits, six strikeouts. I thought he was really efficient, Jake, just 90 pitches. But I can understand with a nice little pad there, just getting the six innings out of him and then allowing the bullpen to take over from there. And that plan pretty much worked. Colin McHugh certainly took care of his part. Yeah, I thought this was a great outing from Spencer Strider. Like you said, his two starts before the All-Star break. Just, you know, pinch ca- pitch count got up to him. Didn't go very long. Like you said, I thought he was very efficient in this one. Probably could have gone further, but again, had the nice lead there and had your bullpen ready to go. So I love this start from Spencer Strider. I love watching him pitch for obvious reasons, but he threw 35 pitches the first time through the order, 33 of them forcing fastballs. It's just amazing that he's able to go through a lineup one time, primarily just throwing one pitch, and the hitters know it's coming, yep. and they still can't hit it. It's just it's why he's been so remarkable this year and what he's doing. And, uh, again, love to see him kind of get back on a roll to his more dominating self that we saw, again, before those last two starts before the All-Star break. Yeah, really commanding that fastball first time through. And when you are able to do that, everything else plays off of that. And for somebody who's got a great slider, who's got a changeup that I think he can mix in really the second and third time through as well, this is it's no surprise if he's commanding that fastball that he's going to be ahead of hitters and that he's going to be successful like he was on this night. As I mentioned, also Colin McHugh threw pretty well. Will Smith, things did not go as well for him. A base hit, then a two-run homer, got a strikeout, then a walk, and then all of a sudden, Kenley Jansen, who had warmed up earlier, was in the game but was able to slam the door and pick up that victory. You would have liked to have stayed away from the big man if you could have, but you know the Braves do have, I think, and this is a good thing, as you go forward the next few weeks, more off days than they had in the 20 days in which they had 20 consecutive games leading into the All-Star break. So that at least, I think, if you're Brian Snicker trying to manage this workload on some of your relievers, at least gives you a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah, it does. Like you said, I hate they had to use Jansen. I hate that they had to get him kind of hot and then cool him down and then get him hot again. That's what really I don't like about this one. But yeah, but, you know, he's able to come in and kind of close it out, get it done. Look, Will Smith, I mean, the guy's trying to figure it out. I mean, he was so good down the stretch for the Braves last year, just does not have it at the moment. But glad that Jansen was able to come in and kind of shut the door. Also hate it because you got an early game tomorrow, too. So you wonder Jansen's availability in a quick turnaround if needed. Yeah, and that's an excellent question. You mentioned Will Smith's trying to figure it out. I mean, if you go back over his last 12 uh, appearances, 
dating back into the latter part of June. 10 and a third inning, 16 hits, nine walks. He struck out 14 batters, but that really is beside the point when you've got that many base runners on. He's allowed nine runs, eight of them earned, only two home runs. But again, you know, all of those base runners creates all kinds of problems. And Will Smith has really just not been able to command it and have much go easy for him over a longer period of time the way that he did down the stretch, and particularly in October last year. So hopefully he figures that out. The Braves would certainly like for him to. But as we know, the trade deadline's around the corner, and I would imagine Atlanta's also looking for ways to make the bullpen just a little bit better. Kirby Yates on his rehab assignment has reached Triple A Gwinnett now, and I don't think it's so much about the level that he's at, but once he's able to throw back-to-back games, Jake, I think that we're going to know that Kirby Yates is getting pretty close to rejoining this club if all goes according to plan. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, everything looks great down there at the minor league level. And so, you know, I think, I think the Braves certainly view him as a deadline acquisition. If you can get him back up and he can be any resemblance of the guy he was before Tommy John surgery, I think the Braves obviously get a big lift from him, a right-handed guy, which they need in that seventh, eighth inning spot. You know, it's exactly what I think they should be looking for regardless on the trade market at the deadline. But getting Kirby Yates back, yeah, could give them a huge, huge, huge lift. That'd be a big deal. We'll talk a little bit about the Braves offense and, of course, get you ready for game three of the series, which comes your way on Wednesday afternoon. As Jake mentioned, early turnaround, 1235 first pitch Eastern time at Citizens Bank Park. Before we do, though, if you're worried about an early turnaround, want to get your morning going right, well, let me tell you about the official sponsor of the Braves postcast here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, and that is Coffee AM, and it's an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, and you look at their full menu, they've got coffee, they've got tea, they've got gift sets, they've got all kinds of great stuff at coffeeam.com slash locked on. And you use the code locked on, you'll get 15% off your order. So check it all out. See what you like there. I guarantee you that you will enjoy that coffee. If you're anything like me and you are a coffee connoisseur, there are all kinds of choices there. So be sure to check that out. And again, use that code locked on, get 15% off coffeeam.com slash locked on is where you can find it. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now, let's talk about the Braves' offense here. We mentioned that you know, things were going pretty well for this group. couple of home runs in this one. Matt Olson is 19th. That gives him 22 RBI in July. That's the most in Major League Baseball, Jake. So as much as we've talked about a certain other Braves hitter, oh, that'd be Austin Riley with his 18-game hitting streak and now leading Major League Baseball in extra base hits. The guy across the diamond from him, this is forming a pretty good power duo in the three and four spots in the Braves' lineup. Yeah, what they're doing is pretty incredible. Just duking it out for the most extra base hits in baseball right now. It really is incredible, those two. And that ball that Matt Olson hit, which was really a big hit, I thought kind of put the, the game away, essentially. Uh, 110 miles per hour off the bat, just absolutely demolished. Like I said, I thought that was a huge hit in that game to kind of just add to the lead. But Austin Riley, you know, he had two hits of 100 miles per hour or more. Dansby, a three-hit game, had two hits 100 miles per hour or more. And Michael Harris had two balls hit 100 miles per hour or more. So, you know, I talked at the beginning about I thought this was a great performance by the offense. It's, you know, they're doing what this Braves offense does and just hit the ball hard. And you got to see that on Tuesday. Hit it hard, hit it consistently, and out home the other team. All of those things typically are the blueprint for a winning ball club. One other good hitting note in this one, Eddie Rosario, a two-hit game, knocked in a run as well. Good to see him making contributions because with the loss of Adam Duvall, You'd love to see Eddie Rosario get hot and get on a run as well. So the Braves' offense was clicking. Braves' pitching staff able to do its part as well. And now Atlanta has a chance to take a series from the Phillies if they can conquer Philadelphia on Wednesday afternoon in Game 3. 
This reminder, as always, to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. As Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off their purchase of $500 or more. That includes engagement pieces. Use the code LOCKEDON. That is code LOCKEDON. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, and we'll never give away what's inside. So shop stress-free. Find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. If you're looking for a series win, Wednesday is the place for it, and the time for it is 12.35 p.m. Eastern time if you're the Braves. And if you're the Phillies, for that matter, one of these two clubs is going to get out of there with two out of three. Charlie Morton, five and four. Kyle Gibson, five and four. Uh, kind of a, a looking into a mirror here a little bit, but I feel like Charlie's season has been trending in a much better direction than has Kyle Gibson's season as of late. Yeah, Morton had that one bad start against the Mets, but other than that, has really been good over the last month plus now. Gave up those three home runs against that in that Mets game. But like I said, other than that, been really good lately. Was really good his first start out of the break. So looking for him to do more of that, give the Braves some length, you know, six innings. Like I said, Jansen, you know, I think he would be available if needed, but obviously would like to try to avoid that. Hopefully the Braves offense can get after Cal Gibson, who gave up six earned against the Cubs in four and a third innings with no strikeouts his last time out. So an opportunity for the Braves to get a series win. Not great in day games, 15 and 18 in day games, but uh, hopefully they can change that. And like I said, get a big series win against the division rival after a break, a heartbreaking loss in game one. Yeah, it'd be good to see. And if you're curious about what's going on as far as the scoreboard watching is concerned, well, the Mets like the script the Braves were using so much that they copied it against the Yankees, picking up a 6-3 to victory, though theirs was a little quieter in the ninth with Edwin Diaz slamming the door. But the Subway Series between the Yankees and the Mets, the first game goes to the New York Mets, which means the Atlanta Braves are still two games back in the NLE standings. So very manageable, and we know those nine games are looming in August. The first couple of weeks, right after the trade deadline, five at City Field, four at Truist Park, these two teams are going to go to war over the NL East and the lead in the division, and it's going to happen very, very soon. But the Braves are going to look to handle their business in Philadelphia first, win another series. Charlie Morton against Kyle Gibson in the finale, 12.35 p.m. Eastern time at Citizens Bank Park for Game 3, the rubber match of the series. As always, we appreciate you joining us here on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves win behind Spencer Strider. They even up this series with a 6-3 win, and they go for the series victory on Wednesday. He's Jake Mastroianni. I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you after the finale. And until then, so long, everyone.